from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Proud to be here with you this morning and every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time live anywhere in the world. And I want to thank everybody that has tuned in to the show, obviously, here on the Northeast side and up and down the East Coast, the Midwest, the West Coast, and outside of the country as well. We appreciate you tuning in and we definitely appreciate uh, Spain and Denmark we want to give them a shot I think Denmark first time ever this past Monday so thank you for tuning in to the broadcast and uh, very happy that we can reach so many different people in different places and nooks and crannies of the world so with that being said speaking of something that reaches kind of over a vast region the American Athletic Conference has the ability to reach people from different places and have so many different coaches coming into it different systems and when we look at different sports and whatnot, finding success across the board is obviously something that the American Athletic has worked to hang its hat on. And it's always a pleasure and honor and a privilege to have their commissioner on the show. His name is Mike Oresco, and he is here with us this morning of the American Athletic. Mike, how are we doing today? Morning, Dan. Great to be with you. Thank you. And how's how? I mean, I know you said off the air it's been a little while. So what have you been up to? What's what's life for the commissioner in these uh, first few months? I want to call it spring, but I know that I can't yet. So what is like what has life been like for you? I agree. It, it hasn't really been spring here, although we did have one beautiful day a few days ago, but that's been about it. Uh, and off, as it, as you know, it often happens that way. Spring doesn't happen and then suddenly summer's here. But um uh, the last several months, uh, really going back even further than that, has been have been devoted to TV. It's been TV media all all twenty four seven because we had to get our, our TV deal done, and it was critical to the future of the conference. And fortunately, we did get it done, and we got a you know what what I consider a, you know a phenomenal agreement with ESPN uh, that will assure the financial stability of the group and continue to you know allow them to continue to grow. Uh, so that was really our, our focus, and, and it was a complex deal because, as you know, the media landscape is not what it once was. There are a lot of options, a lot of platforms. And ESPN, we're happy to be uh, with them. and It's a one-stop shop, although we will have uh, another deal likely with CBS for uh, a handful of uh, network basketball games. Um, and uh, we, as you know, Army Navy, uh, that's a separate deal with uh, CBS, uh, with Navy, and also Navy has a regular season deal with CBS, which is part of our um, our conference's um, you know accumulation of rights. So uh, we have a little more, but our main deal is with, of course, ESPN, and we're happy about that. But it was complex to figure it out, and there. You know, we can talk today a little bit. There have been some misconceptions about that deal, but that's really the uh, the last six, oh, really six to nine months, Dan. And I don't know when we last talked, but uh, it's been, uh, you know, we've been uh, absorbed in that, and now we've got to, you know, mop it up and, uh, and and look to the future. And so let, let's speak on that. You said, you know, that there are some misconceptions about the new TV deal that's supposed to be carrying you 
through the uh, 2000, I think it's 2031, 2032 seasons. Just what you could say about, you know, what are the uh, misconceptions that have kind of come up to your desk and, and what is the reality of it all? Yeah, the biggest one, uh, and, and although we're, we're pleased to have a good presence on ESPN+, Plus, and, and I think you saw recently that the Big 12 is going to have a significant presence on Plus, which I think affirmed the decision we made. Uh, it's almost, as I said earlier when we did our deal, it's, it's almost like having your own branded network. Uh, but the misconception is that, that somehow most or all of you know most all of our games are going to ESPN plus that we become essentially an ESPN plus conference and that's just not true as a matter of fact we are going to be getting more games and and I stress this more games on ESPN's primary linear networks than we had before uh, we are going to get more football games on the main networks, ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, uh, than we had before. We are going to get more uh, men's basketball games on ESPN, excuse me, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU than we had before. They don't, ABC doesn't really do uh, college basketball. And we are going to get uh, more women's basketball. Uh, UConn women's basketball could be on ESPN. Uh, you more than than the, some major men's programs. So, uh, what we've done, we've we've taken a lot of events that were essentially hardly televised at all, or on obscure websites that that people really um, didn't have access to, or or they did have access to them, but they didn't necessarily ever watch them. Uh, or they had to pay a, a larger fee than, than, frankly, what ESPN Plus charges in order to get perhaps a, uh, you know, a, a campus website uh, presentation. Uh, so we're going to now have, for example, well over 150 women's basketball games that will be on ESPN Plus. So for $4.99 a month, and again, I, I'm not uh, hawking for ESPN, but uh, it, this is really important to note, for $4.99 a month, you'll be able to get a countless number of, of, of men's and women's basketball games, many of which, uh, again, were, were televised either on ESPN3 or um, other websites, and some of the men's games uh, were elsewhere. Uh, and you're also going to be able to get all sorts of Olympic sports that you probably, uh, that, that either were really not televised or were televised on on websites or sometimes on the American Digital Network, which will now be transferred to ESPN+. Plus. So there's going to be a one-stop shop. You're going to be able to program it and determine what you want to watch, when you want, you know, when you want, if there's a game on a particular time, you can you can set your uh, uh, iPhone or your laptop or whatever you want to do to, to, to tell you when that's going to be on. There's going to be a lot of features to this. So this is a, a net plus for fans. You're going to be able to see more sports and you're yet you're still going to see our main games. We're still going to have those ABC games and football that we've had. Uh, we're still going to have all that great coverage. And that that's one major, I think, misconception, you know, the notion that we become strictly an ESPN plus conference and that all our uh, games are going you know, behind a paywall. And, and I think that's very important to clarify. And when you look at this, just to speak on you know, just what you'll be getting for your media rights, you know, money-wise, and then kind of divvying that up amongst the teams in the conference because I know that there's going to be a substantial increase to that. So just what you can say about that. Well, yeah, we we, we typically, um, you know, equalize our, our revenue and we try to, you know, do things on, a, on an equal basis. Uh, there will be more revenue. There will, there will be um, 
you know, some things we'll have to figure out. Uh, there's some nuances here and there. But, you know, last time around, we had different pools of revenue. You know, we had revenue coming from the old Big East uh, in units left behind and in exit fees. And that had to be divided up equitably. But equitably doesn't necessarily mean equally because some some teams were in that league and others weren't and some contributed to that revenue and others didn't in this case everybody's contributed to this and, and you know um, i think ultimately where it will come down is everyone will, will share equally with with p- perhaps some nuances you know we have a few incentives in place but you know one thing i, I would also add to the discussion about the, uh, the coverage you know the exposure the distribution is that we did have some games, a sub-license with CBS Sports Network, which is available in roughly half the country. Uh, And I don't know whether ESPN will continue that. They may well not. We just don't know. In addition, SNY, you know, the uh, the Sportsnet New York carries the match in New York. Uh, They branch out regionally, and they've done, uh, you know, a number of UConn women's basketball games, and ESPN may or may not do a deal with them. Uh, Other games, obviously, were on ESPN3, and and a number of those games from those three platforms will likely gravitate to ESPN+. But again, they were not, those are not games that were on our main networks. And, and that's the key. We're now getting more coverage on the main networks where most people watch their football and basketball. You know, ESPN, ABC, ESPN2, ESPNU. And we've got a significantly expanded presence on ESPNU. Um, you know, there's some, some windows open now because, as you know, there's, uh, there's product flowing to the ACC network, you know, to the SEC network. Um, you know, obviously ESPN doesn't have the entire Big Ten. So we, we fill, uh, you know, an important niche and uh and I, it's not even a niche really we, we were a major part of, of espn's programming uh uh you know calendar and and i think it's uh, i think this deal is is terrific for the conference because you know we got the revenue we needed yes it's a it's a long-term deal but there's always an opportunity down the road you know to, to relook at it or to, to do some things and if we continue to do well you know espn will probably look at look hard at what they want to do you know in the future in terms of um, you know extending if we do well if we do well i'm confident that that would happen the main thing dan is, is that we, we we elevated ourselves enormously you know we separated ourselves we elevated ourselves we're much more like the p6 um you know the pac-12 doesn't get anywhere near the money the big 10 or the sec does but they're still a p5 aren't they yes well we don't get as much money as the big 12 or the pac-12 but we're edging closer and the next time around obviously we'll be looking to 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 finally get into that range if we can continue to build this and i think this now gives us enough revenue uh and enough exposure uh to continue to do it we've got hungry schools that are they're you know anxious to compete and and i think this gives them the the platform to do it and when we look at this, speaking here with American Athletic Conference Commissioner Mike Oresco this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, to, to look at the numbers here, what I'm seeing, and I, and I want to make sure that we get them correct here, uh, that the American Athletic Conference uh, getting $1 billion for its media rights from ESPN over 12 years, uh, the average of $83.3 million per year, looking at four times what the American Athletic Conference had in its previous rights agreement with the Nets, uh, which paid the league over $20 million annually. Uh, The annual per school average of $6.94 million provides each AAC school with nearly $5 million more in annual revenue. Are these accurate numbers? Is it better? I mean, what what can you say about those numbers? Yeah, Dan, I'm, I'm, you know, we don't discuss the, the numbers publicly, but everybody knows what they are. 
and um, you know uh, numbers have been reported and and I, I really should leave it at that because Burke and I when we were on the conference call uh, both acknowledge the leaks and all the things that were out there but we we don't actually affirm or you know uh, deny uh, numbers we don't we don't really get into the numbers themselves I and mean, I wouldn't say to you yes Dan that's a, that's the right number or something like that so I just want to leave it at that but but you know obviously, this is, you know, it's been widely reported what the deal is, and it's a significant deal. It is a uh, game changer for us. Uh, it's it's quite significant, and, and you know, again, uh, that that's probably where I should stop. But uh, again, it will provide this financial security for the schools that, that they needed. And for for you though, I mean, so not to go into the specific numbers, but the the increase, you know, just the importance of that. Cause you and I have spoken about, you know, trying to bring more money into the conference to substantiate the work that you're trying to do to obviously keep the member schools happy and to show the, show the growth, show them that you're making the effort, show that the American athletic conference wants these schools to have the money that they need and to be able to advance and progress. Do you feel like you're getting there, you know, from the conversations we've had in the past to what this is without saying, you know, obviously the exact number, and I respect that totally, to, to feel like you're more on the footing of, of where you were maybe venturing to go? Oh, I don't think there's any question. And I think if, if um, you had said or others had speculated a few years ago, especially six years ago, uh, that we would do a, do a deal of this magnitude and you know what the reports are, uh, people would have said, no way, there's, there's no chance that it could happen. But you saw the growth, you saw what we've done as a conference. The one thing in terms of the way we approach this negotiation, and ESPN was terrific, and, and they cooperated with us, and I think they accepted this notion. And the notion was that, look, we can't start from this, this $20 million business because that was nothing more than a function of our complete disarray six years ago. We, we were essentially like a bankruptcy reorganization. You remember those days. I mean, we didn't even know who was going to be in the conference. We had guys coming and going. It was a very depressing time, but we, we quickly worked our way out of it. And we had to rebrand with a new name, a new logo. We were the true startup. Um, and we had to, uh, we lost the garden. Uh, we had we lost a good many of our bowl games. We we had to start from scratch. We had to get a new site for a men's basketball tournament. All sorts of things that had to be done. But we sat down and we worked it out. And I knew we had a group of good schools. So when we kept building this thing, and suddenly we're a thriving conference. We're we're like a company that may have been taken out of bankruptcy, but now has an incredible product line and is thriving. Well, when we looked at this, we said, you know, we don't we don't want to work off that 20 million and say, wow, we'd be thrilled with, with getting 40 million. You know, we'd be thrilled with doubling our rights fee. We, we didn't want to approach it that way. We felt that, look, we have a certain value and, and we've, we've really got to get that value. Uh, and ultimately I'm happy that, you know, we worked out something with ESPN. They've been a great partner. They built our brand with us. Uh, they were terrific during this negotiation. I, I can't say enough good things about Jimmy Pataro and his support for this. And he was directly involved, although Burke Magnus was the point person. And Burke was just absolutely terrific. He supported us. He, he, he felt we had real value. Uh, he felt we had great potential. I, we kept stressing also, look, look what we've achieved. 
but look what we can still achieve. And if you look at the games we'll have in the first week of the college football season, kind of indicates what, what we are. Uh, we'll have uh, UCLA at Cincinnati, uh, which probably will be a Thursday night game. I think we have a, uh, we may have a Friday night game uh, with, well, we have one with uh, Wisconsin at USF. I think that may be Friday. I think Saturday uh, there may even be an ABC game, Ole Miss at Memphis, and then now it's been announced that the uh, you know the Houston at Oklahoma game with Daniel Holgerson and Derek King and Jalen Hurts will be on Sunday night on ABC, the, the lone game that day. That's the huge platform. Uh, think about what that represents, you know, for this conference the very first week of the football season, and that's going to be typical in years going forward because it's probably not really widely known or understood, but we have over 150 games home and away against P5 teams in that 10-year span going next year on. And and that's really significant. And there are a lot of great names in that group, you know, whether it's Oklahoma, whether it's Notre Dame, whether it's Penn State, whether it's Texas, you know, whether it's other others, you know, Auburn, uh, great names all along, UCLA, um, Stanford. I could go on and on, you know, Big Ten teams. Uh, the point is, this league belongs with the other five. Uh, we've proven it on the field and on the court. I'm not going to, you know, bore your listeners with the litany of all the achievements we've had, but you know how significant they've been. Uh, you know, getting close to 40 wins over the P5 in football. Tremendous basketball this year. You saw we almost upset Duke and Kentucky, two of the best teams in the tournament. Uh, and uh, I think in the future we're probably going to be a five or six or seven bid league. So women's basketball, UConn, another Final Four. You know, again, this is a league that has really earned it. And uh, that's really what this deal was, was meant to, I think, reflect that, to validate what we've done or who we are, but also to set us up for continued success. Because, you know, we the money we're getting, Dan, while significant, is not the money that the P5 gets, but I think we spend it wisely. And I think our guys understand and have learned how to spend it wisely. Um, yes, there's still some subsidies from, from the universities that, that have been important to our athletic programs, but this deal helps you in a lot of ways. You know, it increases your interest, you know, in attendance. I think it'll increase our sponsorship opportunities. Uh, I think it'll increase our opportunities to be to gain units in the tournament because I think we'll just get better and better in basketball. We'll be able to pay our coaches more, and that'll increase the performance of everyone. I think, you know, we'll, we'll knock on the door of the CFP and, and, you know, we've been on New Year's Day for the six years. I think that can continue. So, again, there are a lot of pluses to a deal like this that, that aren't necessarily reflected in just the, uh, the the deal itself, you know, the numbers themselves. That coming from the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, Mike Oresco. Mike, to kind of <clears throat> prove your point here, Calvin Sampson signs a long-term deal with Houston and decides to stay. And, uh, you know, obviously this has been brought up as, as another sign. You know, Mike Norvell could have left Memphis a season ago. He decides to sign an extension and stay for football. And now we see Calvin Sampson at Houston signed on through the 2024-2025 season. And looking at the fact that, you know, he's going to make a good amount of money to be there. He has longevity there. And obviously he's a coach that has had success 
success elsewhere, and, and Houston has done so many things, as you had alluded to in the NCAA tournament for men's basketball this season. So just what you can say about that when we're seeing the, you know, maybe less turnover, hopefully less turnover, and extension of coaches, extensions of Mike Norvell, extensions of guys like Calvin Sampson, just what that says. If you feel like we're getting to that point, where you know these coaches not only respect the conference because I believe they do, but they're they're willing to stay and be at these schools and build it up because they feel like there is something here to prove. Well, first of all, Dan, I don't think there's any question. You know what you said is true. I mean, this has enabled us to to pay our coaches more, at least knowing what the future holds, having the security of this TV deal in place. Uh, and you've seen that, but I also think the, high, the higher profile of our schools, the success they've had, the national reputations they've built, uh, are more attractive to coaches than maybe they would have been five or six years ago or even three years ago. But remember, there's a big difference between football and basketball. We will still struggle uh, for, for a while, uh, you know, into the future to keep our football coaches because the disparity in salaries among the P5, especially the upper tier of the P5 and, we, and where we are, pretty are pretty significant, as you know. Uh, they, they pay quite a bit more, and there are also some built-in um, structural things that, that, are, that affect uh, coaches. One is the ability to play for a national championship. You know, we really struggled to get into that top four. You saw that with UCF. They were very deserving, but didn't, didn't quite get there. And I think that probably has an impact on, on some coaches, although we're making inroads there. And if that tournament, you know, I say tournament, if that CFP, you know, protocol ever goes to eight and we've got a spot in it, that's going to, that's going to be a game changer right there. And I, and I think that may well happen down the road. You never know. Point is, we, um, you know, football, we're, we're making some progress. We're keeping our coaches longer. And also, as we get programs that are really you know, striving and, 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 and thriving, like, for instance, Houston's done very well. They had a few off years, uh, and off years were still not terrible years. But you know what Tom Herman did there. Now they've got Dana Holgerson. You know, that's a huge step. Dana Holgerson might not have gone to Houston four years ago or five years ago or might not have come to our conference. But now he's now he's not only there, he's happy, and I think he'll stay. I think he'll really like it here. And uh, the same thing with uh, Josh Heupel. I mean, UCF is building a powerhouse down there at Dynamo. They are far more significant than, than you know, probably two-thirds or three-quarters of the schools in the P5. And so he's got something to really build. And I think, you know, living in, uh, you know, in Orlando and, and having the, the excitement and the enthusiasm around that program and the ability to recruit in a significant way, he may stay a lot longer than our football coaches typically have stayed. Scott Frost, that was a unique situation with Nebraska calling. And, you know, who knows? Uh, if, if Josh Heupel was a quarterback at Oklahoma, if, if uh, his alma mater called, if there was ever a change there, and not likely because Lincoln Riley's doing a great job there and is likely to stay. But if that ever happened, I don't know, Josh might have a tough decision. But the point is, he's not just looking to leave. And, and we've got a number of coaches like that now. We still have some turnover. Uh, and in basketball, though, it's different. We're not going to have as much turnover in basketball. We've got incredible pedigree in basketball. Now, the interesting thing, and it's an ironic thing, Dan, this conference built its brand, uh, you know, more on football. And we had to because, as you know, football drives the media deals. It drives who you are in, in the universe of college athletics. And we did a remarkable job with a group of schools that maybe weren't as, you know, didn't have the kind of football pedigree that the P5 have. Uh, but we did it. 
Uh, basketball, we, we uh, had a great first year, won the national championship with UConn and men. But we didn't do as much. Uh, we had we were snake bitten a lot. We lost a lot of tough tournament games. We could have won. Uh, didn't have as many teams in the tournament as we should have. We we didn't do as well over the last three or four years. But now that's changed dramatically. And look at the pedigree in basketball. You've got UConn, a blue blood program. Memphis, a blue blood program. Cincinnati, a blue blood program. Houston, going back to Phi Slamma Jamma. Wichita State. You know, you've got programs. Temple. Temple's got one of the great histories in college basketball. You've got real pedigree here, and now we've got, you know, newcomers that have really made a mark, you know, like UCF. And USF is doing that with uh, Brian Gregory. Uh, you, you know, you look at uh, SMU and what they've done. They slipped a bit, but they'll be back. And and I could go on and on with the rest of our teams. Tulsa has great basketball pedigree, going back to Nolan Richardson and Tubby Smith and Bill Self. And Frank Haith has done a good job there. So basketball, we now have some of the best coaches in the country, top to bottom. You know, when you have, uh, you know, again, a Brian Gregory at USF, which had struggled. You now have Ron Hunter over at, at Tulane, and, and you know he'll make his mark. And, uh, you know, again, uh, Joe Dooley now at uh, ECU, he's the last fellow to take ECU to a tournament. You know what he did with Florida Gulf Coast. These were teams that struggled with their RPI. You know, the rest of our teams uh, did generally pretty well. UConn's been down, but not going to be down long with Bob Hurley. And Penny Hardaway is just absolutely doing a phenomenal job recruiting and coaching at Memphis. So uh, Wichita State had a young team. Basketball Dan, you know, I think we're going to, you know, keep our coaches uh, and we're paying them a lot. You know, we're, we're paying them, many of them, $3 million. We're right at the top tier in basketball coaching uh, salaries. And that's a little different from football. You know, we pay our coaches in football extremely well, but we don't pay them as much as obviously Alabama or Michigan or Ohio State or some of those other schools pay their coaches. But in basketball, we're pretty competitive with almost everybody except maybe a handful at the very, very top tier. And obviously, you know, a good note there and, and a lot of success and, like you said, names that are coming through and teams that are stepping up and then teams that have history. I do want to make a, two quick notes before we wrap up, and one of them is, you know, of the coaches that are coming into the American Athletic Conference for football, uh, Mike Houston coming over to East Carolina, Dana Holgerson, who you had mentioned, coming to Houston, and Rod Carey going to Temple. Just your thoughts on these guys. We know Ken Niamatololo obviously has the longest uh, standing tenure inside of the American Athletic Conference with Navy. Uh, Sonny Dykes is back with SMU. Randy Etzel back with UConn for round number two. Philip Montgomery in Tulsa. Luke Fickle in Cincinnati, who did, had a huge turnaround from year one to year two. Mike Norvell, who I mentioned at Memphis. You mentioned Josh Heupel at UCF. Willie Fritz at Tulane. And of course, Charlie Strong at USF. So, for Holgerson, Houston, and Carey, just what you could say about bringing them into the conference. Well, I think they're really outstanding coaches. And, you know, I mentioned Dana Holgerson, of course, because he came from West Virginia. And, and you know, Dana's got a great, you know, uh, reputation, great background, had a lot of success. And, and he, uh, you know, he's got also a lot of charisma. So when he came over, it was a huge news story coming from a, a P5 school. Uh, and, and a good one, one that was competing for the Big 12 title last year. But uh, Mike, Mike Houston is going to be a home run at, at ECU. ECU has gotten their situation straightened out in many ways. You know, they'll have some renovations to their stadium. 
Uh, they've hired a great, great basketball coach in Joe Dooley. They're going to have a tremendous football coach in Mike Houston, who's had great success at the FCS level, and those coaches have moved up and done extremely well. Uh, and Rod Carey's had great success at Northern Illinois, and I don't think there's any reason why he couldn't have it at Temple. They recruit well. Uh, you know, Jeff Collins and Matt Rule left a great foundation there at Temple. Uh, but, you know, you mentioned Kenny Niamatololo, and, and he and, and Philip Montgomery – if I'm not mistaken, are the two remaining coaches from, you know, a photo that I have in my office from, I think, our, our media day back in 2015. Uh, but here's the here's the interesting thing about that. Look at the success we've enjoyed since then, even with all the coaching turnover. You know, uh, obviously, uh, Justin Puente did a great job building Memphis, but you know, Mike Norvell came in and, and carried the torch. And uh, look what Scott Frost did resurrecting the UCF program after George O'Leary had built a wonderful program, had that one terrible year, but that was just a confluence of factors. But George built a real foundation there. And then, you know, Josh Heupel comes in and does incredible things, you know. And, you know, Temple, we lose Matt Rule, but Jeff Collins does a really creditable job. And then, you know, you, you look at, at other coaches around the league, you know, we, we get Luke Fickle at Cincinnati, and, and Cincinnati's going to be one of our best teams next year. They're loaded, and, and Luke is a great recruiter, a great coach, great person. And, and all of a sudden, you know, Mike Norvell takes over, as I mentioned. Uh, you know, we've got Sonny Dykes now at uh, – SMU and, and they clearly played, uh, you know, a tougher and, and clearly improved as the season went on. So, you know, you look up and down the league, you know, Willie Fritz is a great coach He's coming into his own at, at Tulane. And, uh, and again, but Philip and Kenny are our two holdovers and they both, they're both outstanding coaches, but the rest of them have, have really, um, you know, done a great job. You know, it's not easy. And we all know this to take over a program, you know, the continuity is really important, you know, not only in recruiting, uh, but in, in terms of your system, you know, kids have to learn a new system. Some kids were attached to the previous coach and they might want to transfer, you know, there's a lot. I mean, what Josh Heupel did coming in and not skipping a beat from Scott Frost and having the burden of all that success on his back and then going undefeated and, and probably would have won the bowl game had Mackenzie Milton been healthy, you know, that was remarkable. And what, what Luke did in, in rebuilding Cincinnati so quickly, I mean, those are just a few examples. You know, Mike Norvell coming in with all that pressure. And, and, and again, that is the last thing I'll mention on that, Dan, is that those – those fellows, along with our basketball coaches, and along with Gino Oriema and the UConn women, which had a, have had a huge impact on our league, they essentially built what you know the foundation that allowed us to do the TV deal we did. Uh, because again, uh, a network doesn't give you that kind of increase, doesn't make make a game changing deal unless they feel there's real value. You know, they're not charities. And uh, ESPN, you know, they're, they're wonderful people, but they're, I was there for 13 years and I was at CBS for 16 years and this is a business. And they recognized what we had accomplished and it wasn't a one horse league. Houston had a great heyday in football, as you know, winning the, you know, the, the Peach Bowl and having great years and Ed Oliver. But then it was UCF. Memphis has had great football teams and had wonderful wins over Ole Miss and UCLA on ABC and on, on, uh, brilliant Saturdays. You know, Temple almost beats Notre Dame and had a couple of great years. You know, Tulsa had a 10-win season. Navy had an 11-win season. They've been competitive almost every year. We're down a little bit this year. You know, Cincinnati came back. Uh, you know, I could go on and on. Uh, and so consequently, 
it's not just one school. USF developed the rivalry with UCF. That game a few years ago on Friday might have been the best football game of the last decade. If you watch that game, you're just you're out of breath. It was just that kind of great game. So all those things, Dan, contributed to what this league is. And in, in basketball, we've had teams come up, and we're now at the cusp. And, and we did it just about the right time. The timing was great because ESPN, I think everybody could see that our basketball is in a really great place. You know, we finally got it together, and, and that's going to help us. And the UConn women with Gino aren't going anywhere. Uh, we have great Olympic sports. That doesn't drive TV as much. We know that. But it, it still it generates interest in your conference. And I think in baseball, we're probably going to be in the College World Series at some point when you've got schools like East Carolina and Tulane and Wichita State and Houston and now USF, USF UCF, and UConn and others that have great basketball, baseball pedigree. So, again, that's just some of, uh, of what we're doing. But it, it's, it all contributed to this deal. And I'm very proud of what these, uh, you know, these players, student-athletes, coaches have accomplished, and, and they've had administrators who back them every step of the way. If you didn't have committed administrators who really want to be a P6 conference, then frankly, you don't. if you don't have a commitment, you don't have anything. You just don't. There's nothing I could do. I could uh, you know, frame a narrative, but it wouldn't mean anything unless you know, we were achieving something. And coming from Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, and you kind of answered my other question when speaking on spring sports and whatnot. So, you know, as this conference pushes forward, obviously, no, I mean, you've known since day zero that, you know, you have my support. I want to see this grow and blossom. Nobody had to rise out of the ashes higher than the American Athletic Conference with realignment and everything that had happened and teams kind of moving all different places. And, you know, I met you at the end of the Big East and the start of the American Athletic before there was even a logo. And I know that your consistent and purposeful effort has has paid off dividends. I know that your office as a whole has done that. And I know that these coaches have really pushed that P6 term and they've pushed the, you know, what they want and how they want it and who they're bringing in. And I think the NFL draft that's going on right now is a sign of that success, is a sign of, you know, these guys that get drafted from these teams inside of the American and have success at Oliver, a top nine pick this year, and obviously what he's going to be able to do, and he could have gone a lot sooner. So, you know, Mike, as always, I appreciate your time. I respect what you're doing. I thank you for having such a open door policy with me and I look forward to this conference continuing continuing to break down barriers and and truly represent what I think is the theme of America which is rising out of the ashes and being what we wanted to be we we had that rule we had those things that didn't make sense we rose out of it and I think the American Athletic Conference is asking the same questions why can't we be who we want to be and I think that you're doing a lot of work on fields and courts and obviously in in, uh, in 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 different rooms and different conversations and in boardrooms to make sure that there is respect for this conference and I thank you for that. Well, thank you, Dan. Uh, just a couple of things as we close. I want to thank you for the time you know you've given me to talk about the conference. Uh, again, you've been uh, a supporter of the conference. You're extremely knowledgeable. Not everybody I talk to you know pays as much attention to our conference, knows what we're doing. Also, I, I must say, you were one of the original people who said this conference has a chance. You know, you were never snarky and never negative, and we, we endured a lot of that, as you know. Um, and, and, and that's understandable based on where we were. And we, we endured a lot of uh, skepticism, a lot of negativism. Uh, people, you know, uh, they refer to us as a mid-major when we really weren't, and we aren't, especially in basketball, not even close. And, you know, we, we, we had to 
just kind of bite our, our lip and, and deal with it and move on. But you've always been supportive. The second thing is you've, you know, you've understood where we were going, what we were trying to do. I think your analogy about the American, you know, way and, and, you know, pursuing the American dream and, and our name is very appropriate in that regard. You know, America is about upward mobility. You know, this isn't an aristocracy, you know, this isn't something where you're stuck in the one, in one place all the time. And that's the point I've made that the world has changed and the world always changes. And while football has been the province of the, of the blue bloods for, for many decades, the world is changing. And suddenly you see teams like UCF developing a national you know, persona that, that rivals anybody in the in the P5, and, and you saw it a little bit with, with Boise a while back, and you see it with other schools in our conference. Uh, in addition, we have, oh, God, I guess six or seven members that were once in old BCS or, you know, the Southwest Conference, uh, P5, essentially P5 conferences, who, who want to get back. You know, they felt they were relegated and they want to get back. So, her name is very appropriate in terms of upward mobility, and that's what we've been trying to do. And I think you uh, you recognize that in, in what you just alluded to, you know, a minute ago. So again, thank you very much for for not only the uh, the support, but for the interest in the conference and for letting me, you know, talk to you about it. And uh, again, we'll hope to see you, uh, you know, in Newport, you know, at our media day, and uh, maybe maybe before. No, absolutely, and and you know you you also and we got to shout this out, Mike. You, you when the weather is nice, you you know the American Athletic Conference has a very very nice home and always a beautiful view. And I think that I'm I, I'm I'm fed better there than than anywhere else. I, I don't know, you know, when you have those uh, the lobster opportunities and the big buffets and being right on the water. So you know, I, I have to say that too. I mean, it definitely looks the part and is a. Uh, is a is a beautiful you know kind of excuse to to go somewhere nice and do something good for yourself. So I mean it, it, it's it's a lot of great things inside of the conference, but you guys put on so you know so much of uh, I mean you you treat the media well, you respect it, you you treat the players and the coaches well, and and it really is an experience to look forward to every single year. So you know there, there's really nothing nothing better than that. When I tell people I'm like this is what we eat, this is what we do, this is the camaraderie that we have. So. You know, I, I know that this conference has worked very diligently, and you just so happen to be in a beautiful part of this country as well. Yeah, the Newport uh, Media Day, Dan, is is a unique. It's it's become almost an iconic event. You know, we we get you know uh, dozens and dozens of, of writers and reporters who, who just can't wait to come to that. The lobster uh, dinner, you know, that that night is is a highlight. You know, we're, knock on wood, we've had great weather for a number of years now. And uh, as you look over Newport Bay, and and you know, you, you've got a big pavilion there. I think one year uh, we almost ran out of lobster, so I had to order another hundred for the following year. So I think we're probably up to over four hundred now lobsters and you know some of our players you know they're pretty big kids some of them have been known to eat between five and ten lobsters and um and i'm not (laughs) surprised but it's it's a great event uh it's beautiful weather um you know a beautiful place and we're going to keep it there you know we're i think we have the most unique media day in football and everybody it's you know it's not an easy place to get to necessarily especially from our schools because we're geographically diverse but everybody loves coming and everybody understands that it's a unique event and we get a lot of media coverage as a result so again we'll look forward to seeing you there absolutely well in the meantime take care if i don't see you sooner like you said as well. So definitely uh, have a good weekend and I look forward to talking with you soon. And thank you as always for your time. You too, Dan, have a good spring and uh, we'll look forward to touching base. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care.
That coming from Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, once again making that case, talking about the fact that they want to have that respect, but not just be given that respect because they just so happen to be inside of a conference where there's already respect. They want to earn that respect, and you know, and, and it's funny in the world we live in today. Everybody wants to, everybody wants to have it, but not everybody wants to earn it. And I know that you know we look at Geno Ariema and UConn, and and is there another team in women's basketball that's more reputable than them? I would say no. And then you know, and, and everything that they've been able to put forward, and obviously Brianna Stewart coming from Central New York and CNS, we look at you know, what, what Calvin Sampson is doing in Houston. We look at what Penny Hardaway is doing in recruiting and just really building up Memphis and, and putting Memphis on a map and putting them on the ticker and, and getting them out there. And then obviously in football, you know, UCF has had a lot of success and they have pushed that success to, and nobody does this, nobody has success under a head coach that takes his entire staff and then has another coach and has success with an entirely new staff. That doesn't happen. I don't care where you go. I don't care what level level you're on. You can't go from one to the other and have that amount of success. Look at Syracuse. Syracuse has, every time they've changed coaches, they've gone down to try and build up. And really the only person that built them up was, I mean, Doug Marone a little bit, but the only the only coach to really build it was Dino, and now we have to see if that can be a sustain a sustainable thing for Dino Babers to be able to do it from here. When I say the only coach to do it, I'm talking about Greg Robinson on. I'm not talking about the success of of Coach Mack and Coach P because Mack and P together obviously gave us our our greatest years. Bef- you know, after Ben Schwartzwalder and everything that he was able to do. So you look at Ben, you look at P, you look at Mack. And then it was nothing, and now, you know, obviously there's the hope that Dino Babers will be able to change ground on that a little bit. But football teams are getting better. They are playing these talented teams. They are putting themselves out there. And Jordan and I have agreed that, you know, if that UCF-Florida deal was a real thing, it was a tangible thing, UCF should have taken it. But outside of that, I mean, Cincinnati, they're taking them. Houston, they're taking them. You know, there's a lot of teams in this conference that they're saying, if you want to play us, Let's do it. They're going there. They're coming here. I mean, it's just how it is. You know, Cincinnati making that deal with UCLA, I thought was a good opportunity for them to push forward. And seeing Luke Fickle, who came from Ohio State as their D coordinator, go from 4-8 and eight to 11-2. and two. And before that, Cincinnati was doing absolutely nothing for like three years. So I give a lot of credit and a lot of respect to the teams that are out there and the work that they put forward and what they've been able to accomplish. And this American Athletic Conference, respected or not, they're going to demand it. They're going to work hard for it. And I can say that I know the inner workings, that I've been around all these coaches from day one, that, you know, in football to see all the turnover and all the change. I've been, I remember putting my arm around Mike Oresco, the commissioner you just heard from, and I said, listen, you're a redheaded stepchild. I'm a redheaded stepchild, and we're going to help each other out. And I've seen him work diligently to make this something. And obviously with Wake Up Call and Super Powered Pop and Dan on Disney and trivia and everything that I do with Dan Satora Broadcast Media, I'm working to create something that didn't exist before. And I was the laughable person. You know, why are you going to the internet? Why did you leave traditional radio? You're not going to work for ESPN anymore. You're not going to work at Fox. How are you going to get your name out there? How are people going to know to listen? I went through all that. So in a lot of cases, the Americans fight is my fight. And the American athletics fight and my fight is the fight that America had of something that never existed that was a belief, that was a hope, it was a desire 
to create something that had never been created before for the betterment of all the people involved. That's what Wake Up Call is. That's what Dan Tortora Broadcast Media is. And that's what I like to believe the American Athletic Conference is.